Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most explosive music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Tom. Very explosive. In this episode we've got a review of the new Whitney album. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. Tom what have you got for us this week? In the news this week, Genesis have become the latest legacy artist to sell their music catalogue. You may remember in previous episodes we've reported on, uh, in a particular order, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan and uh, Simon and Garfunkel selling the rights to their music catalogues and selling them on. Uh, Same thing's happened again for Genesis. So Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks have all sold their individual rights to the Genesis back catalogue in a deal that is reported to be worth, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, around free hundred million dollars if that's true uh then it is the third largest deal we've seen like this in recent years behind only bruce springsteen selling his back catalog for about 500 million dollars and bob dylan selling his back catalog for about 300 or 350 million depending on who you um ask we've seen this before selling back catalogs these artists will have however many albums they have five or ten albums they've got loads of singles they've got rights to whatever it might be a hundred songs on those 10 albums or 150 songs on those 10 albums whatever it is as well as any other recordings they've got selling it in bulk right now means firstly they don't need to deal with all the paperwork that comes with um, collecting royalties for all of those individual songs it also means that every year when they get some more money for it they don't need to pay a tax bill for it and thirdly it means that when they do pass away those songs and the rights to all of those individual songs don't end up in a court where uh, the immediate family next to kin or any other interested parties are trying to battle it out on the courts to try and stake their claim. Selling now makes it really, really easy for artists to maintain um, rights over their music. Uh, and maintaining rights until the end of their life would mean, like I said, yearly tax bills. It would mean a very messy deal once the artist does pass away. Um And likewise, selling it now means that investors have a vested interest in ensuring the long-term performance of the songs. They paid 300 million reportedly for this back catalogue of songs. Imagine over 25, maybe 30, 50 years. You probably recoup that investment slowly and gradually because these things aren't going to um, just vanish. You know, lots of people are still going to be interested in Genesis long into the future, although maybe not as much as, I don't know, Michael Jackson, for example. But you're still going to get a fairly reliable income year on year. So it makes sense for them as well. Um, so quite a boring businessy related one um, this week. But hopefully it all makes sense. Genesis becomes the latest artist to sell their music back catalogue for a reported $300 million. Right, let's get on to the review for this week. We're looking at SPARK, in all caps, by Whitney. It's 12 tracks long, clocks in at 38 minutes and 18 seconds, released on the 16th of September 2022 on Secretly Canadian. It's the band's third album. The band was formed in 2015. Their debut album came out in 2016. It was formed by former members of Smith Westerns, who are another good band, and uh, the drummer from Unknown Mortal Orchestra, for a bit, anyway. So... Let's get into general thoughts on this album. Let's start with James. Um, this week I thought it was a good listen. Um, I thought the album had a good consistent sound, which is which sound pretty unique to them. Um, so if you're listening to the first song, you kind of get an idea of the rest of the album. Um, I thought, saying that, I thought some of the album stood out more than other parts of the album. I thought some of it was quite dull and frankly boring, but some other parts really had this great sense of atmosphere and songs that you could really, yeah, you could really sense the the feeling that they're getting across. Um, I did feel it was quite trebly. It it did feel quite... uh, sparkly rather than it, it it did struggle in those like lower ends and i did find that some some of the vocals felt a bit muffled i wasn't a fan and i'm not a fan of the vocals in general for this album and some of it was muffled so that downgraded it a little bit um but i did enjoy the album as a whole um 
I do feel like you could put some of these songs on a playlist, um, a chill, laid-back playlist, but I don't think this album's really going to be a standout for this year. Um, but saying that, if, if you are a fan of the a fan of the vocals, if you're a fan of the whole general sound, this album has it. But for me, not so much this week. Tom, general thoughts? Um, this was nice. Full stop. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I hesitate because this was... This is one of the most inoffensive albums I've listened to all year. It's quite nice to listen to, but it's completely non-memorable. I kind of just listened to this and for 40 minutes has passed. Um, it's got some interesting energy going on. I hear lots of tracks that would not sound out of place on a relax or lo-fi or chill playlist. I'm sure that was a deliberate move. I hear Coldplay energy in some of the slightly rockier tracks, but there are some cool little weird interludes which don't have uh, lyrics but have vocal lines, um, which is cool. I don't like the gimmick of all the song titles being in block capitals, and that's kind of the impression that I get. This is just all kind of painted with the same brush i liked it but it was all very very uniform all the mixing and mastering was very very similar and i couldn't really distinguish between a lot of the tracks offhand i kind of had to refer back to the track list to see where i was and what was going on it's not that this is a bad album, far from it. The production's great, the lyrics are nice, the instrumentation is really nice, but it just feels... It's got no zing, and it feels quite flat. And given the quality of albums that we've listened to this year, I don't think it's going to do very well in that in comparison to all of them. This was nice. Full stop. I've maybe got quite a different take than the two of you on this. And maybe that's partly because I've listened to their previous work as well. I was a big fan of their debut album, Light Upon the Lake. I liked their second album, Forever Turned Around, less because I felt like it was doing a lot of the same things, but without some of the kind of the fun of the debut. But those two albums were very much like a modern take on like Crosby, Stills and Nash or Neil Young or those kinds of artists. So it had that kind of songwriting style to it. And coming into this, it felt like they managed to maintain that in some ways, while also completely diverging into this kind of modern, kind of electronic, R&B, pop-influenced kind of space. I feel like it it was just like a really welcome left turn after their last album was maybe, for me, a, a little bit underwhelming because it was more of the same. For me, it feels really new, and it feels like, for me, they're putting in kind of different music that they like it's not just here's the whitney sound with blank right it's is kind of this unique kind of sound i know people have kind of referenced kind of easy listening lo-fi kind of playlist but actually it it does have a kind of unique sound to it for me and, and partly is kind of the vocals i think that their, their lead singer has a really unique vocal sound and i know that's not going to work for everyone but Personally, I quite like it. I think coming into this album first with that would be quite a challenge just because there are lots of vocal effects as well. So you've got that kind of double double thing to kind of take on board at once. Um, but yeah, it feel, for me, it feels fresh and it still holds on to lots of their strengths. It's that kind of classic rock and folk songwriting style from those kind of artists I was talking about. I think the melodies are great. I don't think they're as immediately hooky as maybe some of their older stuff. And partly that's because there's lots going on around them now. But I think if you give it a chance, it does kind of start to seep in a bit more. Um, and, and the guitar tones as well, like the moments where the lead guitar kind of comes through, it does have the same sound as it had before when they were doing like the faux classic rock type stuff, which is a really interesting like thing to stick up against all of these like like spacey atmospheres they've got going on. I feel like, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard the album yet, the closest kind of comparison I can come up with is the kind of recent Strange Ranger stuff. If you've heard any of their stuff where they, they were kind of doing the 
more rock group, which I enjoyed. And then recently they've been doing like more kind of electronic-y pop rock type stuff. But yeah, for me that it, it's, it doesn't go, it, it's not one of my favorite records of the year. I think, you know, it, it doesn't have kind of the quality of hooks throughout to kind of get there. But for me, it just felt, it felt new and it felt interesting. It, it was for me like a big left turn for the band and I quite enjoyed listening to it. No, I, that's definitely a good point because I, I could hear those, um, more classic sounds and then like that electronic, um, layer added on top of it so it's funny you did mention that right let's get into the tracks the album opens with nothing remains it kind of sets up this is something very different from their previous work immediately you get kind of this bold vocal effect uh electronic drum sounds but then as the track goes on it kind of blends in the wit kind of classic whitney sound where the main hook sounds like something from uh forever turned around there are kind of these lush like orchestrated string and piano parts and the guitar style as well is very like like the moment you hear it you can kind of link it back to the other stuff they've done and even beyond that it it you can hear it in like smith westerns as well like their guitar player just has this really unique tone to what he does the only thing i didn't really like about the track is the outro where it kind of bleeds into distortion i think you could have done that effect but it, it was just a little bit too much that it became a bit hard to listen to. Yeah, I really like how this started out. Um, I really like how it started the album, actually. It's just, it has this really, really clean sound, almost like pure sound, um, which, yeah, it, it opened the album nicely. Um, it felt fresh, it felt clean. Um, this is where I was like, right, right at the start, I was like, okay, the singing won't be for me, but yeah, I'll, I'll follow through the, with the album and listen to more of the instrument stuff. But yeah, I, I just enjoy, I enjoyed that, that clean sound. Um, but it did towards the end lean on that more boring nature, but I have an extract to listen to, so. Not too much trouble. One thing I did um, pick up on more than I do for other albums was the lyrics on this one. And it was quite nice to pick up on the ones in this one. What, uh, how's the chorus go again? Um, I know everyone falls behind, unfolds watching the years go by. And I just thought that's a really nice little hook. You know, it's fairly basic, but also it's a really nice little premise for the song and the rest of the album. This was one where I think the melody really shined through and I think it really lifted what was happening as well. Um, again, the general uh, instrumentation, the the colour palette, I've kind of heard before, but it was, yeah, it was nicely done. It's a completely inoffensive track. I really, really... It was, it was, a, ni it was a nice opening, if, even if it didn't, I didn't feel it was that strong overall, but it was still a good track. The second track is back then and it opens with kind of some synths or maybe like granulized audio, some kind of synthetic texture. Uh, a bit further in, you get kind of the piano and the guitar playing together. And I really love that combination and the way that you kind of get a bit of the harmony from the, the piano and they kind of interlock together as well. There's also like this. Oh, it's a really iconic snare sound. I think it might be the Lin drum. I can't remember which drum machine it is, but if anyone's listening, I'm mutualmaster.gmail.com. Hmm. <laughs> Correct me on my drum machines. And then another thing about this track is the outro is kind of, it drops down to like kind of like a, an orchestration and synth parts, and it kind of leads into the next track. And that's something that I like that they do. And I feel like they could have gone further with that is that like the structure isn't really like, traditional across the album like there are some quite short tracks there there are some tracks where it's like kind of like an a section and then a clear b section and then the track's over there are tracks where it kind of builds up and then it all drops off into this kind of orchestrated section like outro section at the end i quite like that they're kind of playing with the structure of all of the songs and 
because it's kind of uncharted territory for the band, I did feel a bit like, okay, a lot of the sounds obviously you've you've heard before, but I did feel like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. And that did kind of keep me interested in the album throughout. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this one, actually. Um, it felt like the first track, but better. It was like the the positives of the first track that I found, but yeah, just played on more and improved. Um, one thing I've noted is that it, ha- it had more atmosphere. There was more, yeah, more things to hear. <laughs> it's like the atmosphere was like really palpable. Um, and yeah, it, it just, it felt, it felt clean like the first one, but yeah, there, it, there was more stereo to it. Um, and I thought, I thought the transition from the first track to this track was really good. Um, and I can see myself listening to this one again. This was one where I got some real... I meant to Coldplay energy in my general thoughts. This was a track that really gave it to me. The way that the piano and the guitar build textures around the chorus section, the way that drums kind of fill it in, it feels very much like a rejected Ghost Stories track or a rejected Milo Zylito track, which was really... I enjoyed that. That was quite nice, actually. It was quite evocative for me, um, personally. I don't know whether that was the intent, but that was the energy that I got from it, which was quite nice. Next up, we have Blue, and I really like how kind of silence is emphasized in the beat. Like, they kind of, like, it builds up and then it kind of always gives you, like, that kind of butterflies, like you're going over a a hill in a car kind of feeling to it. And all <laughs> the other parts kind of play into that, too, where it, there's lots of, like, very punchy parts and it it kind of all adds to that feel of being kind of very staccato. We were talking about the guitar tone earlier and for the most part, like for the rest of the album, I, I enjoyed the guitar tone and, and the guitar parts. This one, it felt really off-putting. Like the effects they used were just a bit, I guess, fuzzy. It just, it didn't sound right to me. However, um, I thought there's some like, there's some great rhythm with with the bits without the vocals, it was like great rhythm and it really carried the song um, on and on and created this yeah wonderful beat and wonderful sound. But really, it was just the, um, yeah, the guitar tone, really. Like the vocals weren't bad. It was just that the bits with the vocals. I wish that this, I wish this track played more into that R&B soul energy that it's got. It's got this really nice groove, it's sort of, bobs along which is really nice but i kind of wanted to go further like it's got the skeleton or the the underpinnings or something that i don't know Questlove might do or d'angelo might do i think it would have been a really nice left turn for the album to make um and it's kind of half left into it but it's still a little bit too straight it's a little bit too on the nose um i wonder what this would have done if it was a proper jam with a load of musicians in a room um and if this went on for five or six minutes rather than for three minutes, I'd love to see what that energy feels like on this album. I'd love to see where that would have gone. But it's a nice track. It's got a great... Um, I was going to say it's got a great skeleton. That's not a very good metaphor. It's got a great <laughs> foundation. I think they could have gone further into that R&B stuff. I think we get it a bit later on, but it, it could have gone... You know, I think particularly in the beats, they could have maybe had something a lot more like breakbeaty or jazzy underneath one of the tracks or some something like that um but i'm I'm personally quite glad that they kind of kept all of the tracks reasonably concise i think if they started to become sprawling i think you'd maybe i think the album would maybe lose a bit of focus because i i think kind of one of its strengths is kind of that the songwriting and if it stretches out then you kind of lose kind of the denseness of all of those moments in the album. Mm, mm. Next up, we get Twirl. Uh, I feel like this was a really good moment for a slower track, um, or a quieter one at least. And I really like kind of the flow of the song where instead of kind of being a traditional like verse chorus kind of structure, 
it kind of swells up and then pulls back and then swells up again and it just kind of it's kind of like waves just coming in and out it was kind of a really lovely like and it does give you that kind of zoning out having something on in the background type of feel unless you're really paying attention but i do i don't know it kind of lulled me into the rest of the album a little bit as well for me the way this started it was a bit off-putting i think the there's just the amount of reverb and the the level of reverb was felt like they were padding out like holes in the in the sound um but it does get better later on and then there's this like super low like kind of subtle bass organ i don't know really know what it is but that that yeah that that filled in the gaps better um and then when the song does go into those more um uh, i guess chorusy bits the uh, louder bits um yeah i feel like the sounds the sounds the instruments fit together so well and it's so harmonious um and i feel like that's something that lacked in the previous tracks and some tracks that come up yeah it just it sounds like everything's there for a reason and it comes together really well it's um interesting with this one because i noticed there was a dead stop in the middle and i think that kind of threw me off when i was listening to it because i assumed this was two tracks with a brief pause in the middle but actually it's not it's all one track um and I kind of think of the vocal section at the end, the all of the ooze with the with the uh, keyboard and this sort of swelling organ sound as a separate track. And that was a really really nice sort of, I don't know if you would call it an interlude section, but it felt like a really wholesome moment, which again I really really liked. I wanted a bit more of that honestly. I wanted that to be to stand alone and to be by itself because it had enough energy there and enough presence to do that. Um, and I was a real standout for me. The end of this track is a really nice standout moment where I, where I um, just paused for a minute. Went, that's really pretty and it's really nice and it's a really nice little uh, trick. Next, we get to the lead single from the record, "Real Love," and it opens with this really odd bass sound. <laughs> it's so funny that they put it at the beginning of the track, soloed. Because once it's in the mix, it sounds quite nice. Like underneath the drums and everything, it's it's a bit noisy, so it kind of cuts through the mix. But just by itself, it's just like this this weird sound. Um, but yeah, I I think it's it's a strong song. I think some of the songwriting elsewhere on the records maybe a bit better. There are better hooks, um, but there are like nice little things about this one that I enjoy. Like there's a moment where you get these kind of really punchy not punchy but really like snappy i think they're bit crushed drums and that's like a really nice texture and then just before the chorus you get like this really little pause and it's that going over the hill feeling again where you go Whoop, and then the chorus comes in and it's like falling back down again it's just like really nice little things that they throw in to kind of keep you going through it yeah, the drums were really nice here, actually. They gave this really busy energy to the track, which was quite nice. Um, I always think of it as like a sort of uh, building track. You could imagine this on like a montage of, I don't know, some some How They Made It skyscraper documentary or something, which is really <laughs> nice. Uh, it just... <laughs> Can you can you tell my my like, you know, streaming recommendations are a bit weird compared to everyone else's? Um, <laughs> no, I like this. This, this was good. Um... And again, this was kind of the same. I liked it, but it highlights the same issue that I had with the rest of the album, which was I enjoyed it, but I also had no reason to return to it. Again, I think it's just the case of production-wise, this feels the same to the other four tracks, and I think that kind of let it down. Um, I wish there was a little bit more variation in the the um, frequencies I've been listening to, the way it was produced, it feels very similar to the others. Um, and I think that's made it feel quite uniform throughout, which is nice. It's unified, but I wanted to have a bit more character, which it didn't quite have. Um, and I think this was one of those tracks that accentuated that. I really like the bass elements, but for whatever reason, it didn't bring me much joy to listen to. I enjoyed the, the, the bass at the start. 
but <laughs> with everything coming up, everything else coming in, just me, moody, me being me. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I felt like the face was too too smothered when the other parts came in, and yeah, too trebly and smothered. Um, and I felt it, it was kind of it was less harmonious than twelve, but the overall sound was still okay. On memory, we get the vocals being very, I think, R&B influenced. So you do get a bit more of that kind of R&B flavor that, Tom, maybe you were wanting a bit more. Um, the guitar line in the chorus, I think, is great. There's also kind of that reverse transition where you get kind of the, I think they're like reverse cymbals or some kind of reverse sound coming in, which I think is really cool, but they kind of rush through it. Like it just kind of comes up and then the transition happens and it goes on. I feel like a slower build of that kind of, and then having that take over the track and then going into the next section would have worked better. And it just felt like it was a bit rushed. But then afterwards you get kind of this like soft outro section, which is kind of like I was talking about before, like the album does kind of throw you in around a bit in terms of the different sections and the different structures of the tracks. And I enjoyed that. I think there's a lot to love about this track. Um, it was more vocal forward, but I think it did that really well, and that um, really lended to um, the listener listening to the uh, lyrics a bit more, which I did. And yeah, I really enjoyed the theme of like you personally turning into someone's memory rather than like yeah their current friend or something like that, um, and trying to not hold on to the past and. Uh, Trying to adapt to change and moving on. Um, yeah, and there was a really nice guitar tone. And then it uh, transitions into an orchestral piece towards the end. Or orchestral sound, um, shall I say. And that was that was just really nice. And it was really, a really good way to end the song, which wasn't orchestral, but it just sounded really cool and vocal forward, like I said. Yeah, um, highlight for me here was the way that the um, organ and the vocals played off each other in the chorus section. That was a really, really nice uh, feature, which I really, really liked. It felt like a really fun, light and lively track, which was quite nice. I really enjoyed that. I can imagine this fitting in nicely on... Uh... Again, my, my, my mind goes to playlists. I go to you know just even basic things like some barbecue playlist or 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 you know pina coladas on the beach playlist it's got that kind of energy to it which is quite nice it's refreshing on the next track self it's the first time i heard a saxophone on the record and we get quite a bit of it over the course of the rest of it and i really enjoy that tone of saxophone it always reminds me of bon Iver, and i'm i'm sure there are <laughs> plenty of artists who've had saxophones that sound like that in the past, but that it's what my mind goes to. I quite like this track as kind of a quick one shot with that repeating vocal line, and then kind of that's the first half, and then you get this kind of other vocal section, and then the repeating vocal line comes back in just before the end. The only issue I have with it is that I'm not really sure the the lyrics really fit with that line. Like the the lines uh, show me how you live with yourself. But then the lyrics don't really thematically match up with that at all. So I just felt it was maybe a bit dissonant in terms of what it was maybe trying to get across. Like, it seemed like quite a sweet song. And then that line just feels a bit like accusatory. I didn't have much to say about this one, let's be honest. Okay, let's move straight on to Never Crossed My Mind. Uh, I feel like in some of these later tracks, and I mean, we'll talk more about them later, but they go back to more of the kind of older Whitney sound from previous albums where they do strip back a lot of the more modern elements. I quite like that towards the end, like it it gives you maybe a bit more of a kind of melody to follow along. Well, maybe that's not quite what I'm trying to say. It's maybe a more traditional track, if that makes sense. Um, you get this kind of uh, looped, fm synth motif in the background that goes across the whole track you get like an electric piano sound that's really nice 
the vocal melodies on this one are great and then at the end you get kind of this big synth bass coming through and i guess i kind of agree with you james where it could have had a bit more low end in it to give it a bit more of like that gut feeling but other than that yeah i thought this was a really strong song this was quite a nice track for this was a nice track for observing where instruments helped one another along so like the bass line and the guitar line I think it was pre-chorus section, like they were like they were playing unison, and then they drop out for the vocals, come back in again, and it had a really, really nice cohesive feel to it, um, which was really, really nice. I really enjoyed listening to that. Um, and yeah, like you said, texture-wise, it's really, really good. It's nice to see how everything gets a little little space, and everything gets either a moment to shine by itself, even if it's a second before the rest. Uh, comes back in yeah this was a nice track yeah this is where I felt the vocals sounded a bit muffled I don't really know what it is and yeah it it just sounded like they were singing through a pane of glass or something um, but yeah I also felt maybe it's, maybe it's the bass thing maybe it's something else but I also felt this just wasn't the elements didn't come together to give oomph. There needs to be some more oomph. It didn't. It was kind of on, very much on the surface, um, and yeah, it, it it didn't it didn't come together very well. Yeah, I kind of get that. It's um, I don't know. It's like some kind of like gated reverb or some kind of like core or gated chorus effect on the vocals, but. It, there's a lot of presence when the vocals are there, but it kind of just fades away. And they're also mixed fairly quiet compared to the rest of the instrumentation. They kind of get lost a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, and I wonder what would have happened, how it would have felt if you lifted them a little bit, if you just made them a little bit more present and a little bit more there. There was also something that um, was on one of the early tracks, which I didn't, which I kind of forgot to comment on. It might've been memory. Um, where again, it's got this really sort of slightly washed out sound. I don't know whether it's got like some kind of like gated reverb on it or something where there's lots of noise when there are vocals and then it immediately fades away. It seems like it's a deliberate effect. I don't know whether it was the right choice or not. It's not what I would have done. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't know whether it works for all of the tracks on the album. I do wonder if there's maybe something about them trying to maybe mimic what they've got in the live setting because their their lead singer is also their drummer so obviously like he his positioning in the band is maybe more further back than you'd expect from a live singer maybe like maybe they're trying to kind of maybe in the live mix it would be a bit further back than maybe traditionally i don't know it could it could also not even be a deliberate choice it's just like like naturally that's what they hear in the studio and then it's that's what they want that's what they naturally hear, want to hear in the in the speakers when mixing that's so that's why they go mm. let's move on to terminal uh i think it's again a nice moment for a, a kind of quieter song um it it's kind of got this like boniver self-titled mixed with like image and heapy i feel like i'm just referencing <laughs> referencing things that we talk about all the time on this show uh kind of feel to it like it's got kind of the i don't know that that kind of arpeggio-y sound of imogen heap stuff um not too much to say on it just it, it's a good song strong melodies enjoyable to listen to this one was uh this one was definitely a highlight for me i must admit i really liked how mellow this was compared to the rest i liked how uh, it wasn't a downer, but it felt a lot more, what's the right word, um, introspect, it felt a lot more um, reflective, um, just like a moment's pause, really nice. I like the fact that it was much quieter as well, it was willing to strip back a load of instruments and just say, right, keyboard, a little bass, and the vocals, and keep it at that. I really, really like it when albums strip back a lot of their traditional elements to have a quiet moment or to have a mellow moment. And this was definitely one of them. This was a big tick for me. I really enjoyed this. This was another 
stand out alongside Terminal and uh, no, I've just talked about Terminal. This was another um, stand out alongside something like Twelve from earlier. I really like those tracks where it's it, those moments where it's stripped back a little bit and where it let the vocals come through and also just let the music breathe. I really like that. With this one, I was um, hoping that they would stay on like a theme of an airport terminal and like describing the scene and describing the atmosphere, which I felt like it did a bit. And I feel like throughout the the instrumentation really did that. But then uh, the lyrics kind of switched halfway through. Um, I mean, it was, it's a bit of a picky thing, but yeah, I, f- I wanted to hear that clarity as well through the vocals of yeah describing the scene, but. In general, it was a good sound. I do feel like the rhythm dragged and like slowed it down a bit too much um, with these drawn out notes. But yeah, I think I think it did what it wanted to do pretty well. Next, we get "Heart Will Beat," which is again one of these tracks that feels like they're going more to kind of their classic sound. It's still got a few modern touches, but it's kind of like never crossed my mind was going, maybe reverting back to their kind of more traditional style. Yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier with the that classic sound. I put down the Eagles when I was listening to it. Um, the Eagles with this modern take, this modern layer put on top. To be honest, when I was listening to it, I wasn't actually the biggest fan of it. I felt thought like it could be done better but i did like the experimentation the thing that really stood out for me was the lap steel um there's a yeah slide guitar in the back which is a really nice touch but it's a bit of an odd one i don't know why it's been placed here and i don't quite know what it's adding to the rest of the album uh it's a slightly shorter track compared to the rest they're all about four three or four minutes but this is like what two minutes 50 so it's a bit shorter than the rest and again i wonder what you could have done if this had a bit more room to breathe and if it was given a chance to have a b section and a c section and whether you could have taken this energy a bit further um but yeah, as it was, it was a nice interlude, but I don't think it was anything more than that. Next, we get Lost Control, which I feel like it, as we're coming towards the end of the album was quite a big shift. Like in the chorus, it, it's almost a disco track with like a four on the floor drum beat and kind of like a bit more up tempo than the other stuff. I thought it was like a nice change of pace coming towards the end and it kind of gives the the big like high energy send off before we get the next track which is a kind of maybe closing out on a different level yeah i thought it was a nice sound but i think i've lost i've lost too much interest for this to capture me whereas the last track um it did capture me. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of same as you, James. I kind of just lost a bit of interest at this point in the album. I like the constituent elements. I wonder what would have happened if you made a track really, really tight, and if it was really uh, not more minimal, but if um, there was even more space inside this track, whether it could have even more of a um. Uh, strong rhythm behind it. I feel like it didn't have enough character to really stand out compared to the rest. But like you said, well, it's a really high energy track to have at this point in the album. I don't, again, know why it's here. This doesn't feel like an album that's ending. It feels like one that's just kind of hanging around for a bit. I felt like County Lines did provide that kind of feeling of ending. Mm. Um, I thought all of the melodies were great. And and there's a vocal line in here which is just devastating and it comes in with like a kind of turn in the chord progression as well and the lines, even those country lines couldn't keep you in my arms. It's just oof. When the chords go into like the kind of downbeat part as well. it Yeah, I just thought this was a, you know, it's kind of going to, I, I think generally our kind of, some of our highlights on the album were some of the softer tracks. 
uh, particularly at least for you and me, Tom. So going for one of those softer moments again for the ending felt like a good kind of finisher for it. This is one of the tracks, and it's good. It's good. It's the last track, but yeah, it's one of the tracks I felt, which was yeah, really harmonious and brought everything together in unison really well. Um, this I've written this down and now I'll read it. It's a bit dodgy, but it provide there there are moments where it provided a big but soft sound. Um, it was loud. It was. It was intense, but it was still soft. It was still mellow. Um, It did those two things simultaneously, and it just worked really well. And, yeah, the instruments working together was just brilliant. Yeah, the way that this built at the end was quite nice, actually. There were a couple of little bits, like I presume there must be real strings that we used, like a real uh, violin and real cello, and there's some really nice depth and some real colour to the sound at the end this was a really pretty track but again I don't know what it was it just didn't sound that distinct compared to the rest and again it feels a bit weird to say it because on paper it was very very different and it was clearly uh, compositionally it was very different and in terms of the textures it was very different and yet it sounded the same um, I think it comes down to a very uniform production quality, but I also wonder if that did the album any good or whether I would have preferred this to feel a little bit different. Didn't, I don't know, didn't have the energy that I was expecting, didn't have the vibe that I was expecting. Um, stop, that's it. I will say that seeing the words county lines together j- does just make me think of drug trafficking. Huh. I mean, that's what the song is about. Many lines. Yeah, we're doing an inter-county operation. Man, you really just ace, like, the, you know, those police programs that are always on, on, like, Channel (laughs) Channel 5. Sometimes I like to watch traffic cops have got nothing else to do. Right. Let's get on (laughs) to the all-important question. Should our listeners check this album out? James. Uh, I hate how my my review of this album actually sounded quite negative because if I wanted to listen to this sort of album, I think this would be a really good one. But in terms of recommendation, as a recommendation to go listen to it as is, then I'm going to say no. Tom? Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, listen to the singles, but I think you're probably going to... I don't think you will gain that much by listening to the album. And that sounds a little bit harsh. That's only because whilst all the tracks are very, very nice and they're very good, they also just didn't inspire me. But that's also my personal opinion. I think this album is worth checking out. Um, if this, if you've listened to us talk about this and you think this sounds like something you'd be into, definitely check it out. If not, and you, if you're kind of more into that kind of classic sound, check out their first two albums. And then I think one, if you've got those as context, I think this becomes a much more interesting record to listen to because it is like you, you'll hear kind of where they're coming from and what parts are kind of the older things and what's the new stuff that they're injecting into it. And I think so, yeah, I'd say if it's if it sounds like your kind of thing, check it out. And if not, maybe do like a you know a discography binge if you've got time to listen to all three of their albums and kind of go through that way right it's time to rank it as always album rankings are down in the description or across in the description depending on how your podcast service works we don't control that um where would we like to put spark by whitney listening to it in isolation i'm afraid it doesn't stack up particularly well compared to what we've listened to before i'm looking around wet leg honestly around hot chip the sort of 20s in my mind Uh, i'd be looking at somewhere below more mother above beach house i think around yard act and bodega yeah i'm i'm more with uh tom here um 
disclaimer, I do I do really I did actually enjoy this album. It's just like we say every week, it's the quality of the albums that we already have on this list. Um, but saying that, I think I would go around twenty five, which is just above Jack Francis. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll probably start there somewhere. I? Okay, let's start there. Should it go above Jack Francis? Um, yes. Yeah. Should it go above Charlie XCX? Yeah. Changing yes. my mind, yes, it should. <laughs> should it go above Wet Leg? Yep. Yes. Nah. Should it go above DC Gore? Mm, yeah. Yes. Should it go above Maggie Rogers? Ah, no. See, I feel bad because I feel like I changed my mind over the review and I was pushed by other people and ended up going too low with Maggie Rogers. But yeah, Maggie Rogers was great. This is the thing. That was a really good album. That's another yardstick. If you could get above Maggie Rogers, you're probably going to end up like, what? Early teens? Like 12, 13? But otherwise... Maggie Rogers well, is, a, is you've a, said an no, unexpected Tom. boss battle. Since you've said no, Tom, it doesn't matter what I say. Whitney with Spark goes in at number 22. I will say that the cap, the caps on here, the capital letters, do not fit the, the list very well. I don't like them. No. That, that's, kind, that's kind of it. It feels like it's middle of the road. It's, a, it's, a caps, it's an all caps kind of album. which um, it, yeah. It's the best capital album that we have, though. It is, it is yes. the highest ranked. Although Osoroso is at number four with all lowercase. How do you feel about that? I well, I have no uh, comment about Osoroso, given I wasn't very keen on it. But I was overruled that day, if I remember correctly. Right, that's it for the review. Let's get on to upcoming releases. Again, a busy week this week. I don't know what's going on in like this end of September, early October kind of time. I guess festival season's over, so albums are coming out again. Who knows? Up first, Skull Crusher, who are kind of a much-hyped indie folk, indie rock band, I guess, are releasing their debut album, Quiet the Room. Their debut EP just kind of blew up. I think they signed to... Uh, I don't want to get this wrong. Domino, I think. And like their first EP just got splashed over like all of the Spotify playlists and did really well. Next up, Phaser Days is releasing an EP called Break. It's their first new music since 2017, so it's been a long time. Uh, MIA is releasing a new album called Matter, or M-A-T-A. I don't know which way around it is. Uh, the 1975 releasing their new album, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. I've actually really enjoyed the singles from it. Like One of them is like a Baroque pop track. Uh, Happiness is like kind of a fun like kind of disco-y track uh, seems like it could be a good one Brian Eno's releasing a new album called Forever and Ever No More uh, another all caps album apparently uh, Eno's singing on this one which I think is the first time he's done that in quite a while so mm. could be interesting uh, another uh, heavyweight of ambient history Biosphere is releasing Substrata alternate alternative versions. So Substrata was kind of his most famous, probably, uh, ambient record from like 1996. This one's got 10 like new, different versions picked from the recording sessions, basically. Um, I always like when that if you're going to do like a reissue, do something interesting, like the new Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album by wilco where it's got like loads of different stuff like alternate versions live stuff always good uh london rock band the big moon are releasing their new album here is everything i love their debut but didn't really like their second album so i'm hopeful for this one and finally todd rundgren uh who you might have heard of but he's kind of like this I mean, he's been around since the 70s, I want to say. He just does, like, kind of experimental, weird music a lot of the time. His new album's called Space Force, and it's got lots of big-name uh, collaborators on it. So it could be quite an interesting record. 
that's it for upcoming release and that's it for the show thank you for listening if you'd like to hear more from us subscribe on your podcast service of choice if you want to help the show grow you can tell a friend about us that's the best way to do it maybe just push this on when you're around them buy a bluetooth speaker and start playing it on the bus or while you're walking around in town if you want to hear more from us throughout the week you can follow us on twitter at unmuted weekly and on instagram at unmuted mastered if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at unmuted at gmail.com I can now announce that the album for next week is Bonnie Light Horseman's Rolling Golden Holy. You're impressed that I got that right the first time and I didn't say Rolling Golden Holly or... I did. It was very good. Well done. So it's expert radio presenter skills coming in there. Mm. 